0: Welcome to the podcast, Swayed by Positivity. I'm your host, Valerie, and I'm a happiness life coach and meditation teacher. First and foremost, this is a positive and safe space. So come in and get comfortable while I share with you self-care tips, routines, and ways to find your happy space occasionally I'll have a book or TV review. And of course, I'll have lots of affirmation and meditation sessions. Don't forget to follow me on my social media platforms under swayed by positivity. Again, I thank you for your listenership and encourage you to find your happy space and stay there as long as you can. Remember, if you're going to be swayed, be swayed by positivity. hey everybody welcome back to the podcast Wave of positivity i'm your host valerie and i do want to apologize it's been a minute since i've been here however life happens right but i'm glad to see that you are you know lending your ears to listen to me uh this episode if you're new hey welcome come in get comfortable This is a safe and positive space. Uh, If you're a returning listener, you know, I love you. Thank you for your listenership. I truly, truly appreciate you guys. Um, Don't forget, wherever you're listening, if you can share to your social media, um, if you can follow um, you can do that on Spotify and iTunes. You can also comment and tell me how you like or dislike this episode in Spotify as well. Um, I just want to say, you know, that type of stuff is free and I appreciate it if you do it. Um, but let's get into what we're going to talk about today. So I have been slacking on reading books this year. I said I wanted to read 50 books. I've gotten through five. And don't be laughing, because my question is, how many books have you read, boo-boo? Anyway, um, right now I'm currently listening to the audiobook by Tunde Oyeyinen. It's called Speak, and it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, if you don't know who Tunde Oyeyinen is, she is right now the cyclist uh, for Peloton. You might see her commercial, um, the Yes I Can commercial. Yes, baby is the bomb. Do you hear me? And she has a beautiful life story um, to tell you um, in this book. So if you get a chance, check it out. Give it a read. Holler at me and tell me what you think about it. Um, right now I'm reading a book, also reading a book called, um, In Love and Trouble by Alice Walker. And if you don't know who Alice Walker is and you're a black person, yes, I said it, you should, we need to take your card, hand it over. Gimme, 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 gimme. Alice Walker is the author of the book Color Purple, The Color Purple um also of the book in search of our mother's garden gardens um she is a novelist short story writer poet social activist um she was the first afro-american woman to win the pulitzer prize for fiction and and it was for the novel the color purple so she's written this book it's got a few short stories in it i think it's like six short stories and uh, let me tell you something the first two are heavy hitters because i had to read them a couple of times and maybe it was some stuff that i should have known but i didn't and some stuff i had to look up and there's still a question that i don't have an answer to so if you guys have the answer feel free to reach out to me again you can do it through spotify or you can send it to me on any of my social media platforms. I don't mind if you're hopping my DM as long as you're courteous and um, respectful. So this first short story is called Rose Lily, and it is about Rose Lily. She is a single mother of four who works in a sewing factory. Um, she sews overalls uh, for men, jeans dress pants and she's met this man this black man she makes sure that she pronounces the black uh he meets her in town and she she says he meets her different so i guess because she doesn't look like she works in a sewing factory um that's how he met her different uh that's still up in there as well um i When she meets him, she only has three kids. Well, what happened to the fourth, Valerie? Well, this is so strange. So when I first read the story, she gave the fourth son, the fourth baby, who was a son, child, son, to his dad. And his dad is married and is raising him. They moved up north. And so she has not seen him since. She And she is thinking about this. She actually is getting married. That's how the story opens up. She's in front of a um, pastor, her and her fiancé. Um, they're at a house, in front of a house outside. And the house, I guess, sits on a busy street or faces a busy street. And the fiancé doesn't like it. He really doesn't care for them having the wedding outside and that white people can see them. It doesn't give us a time frame of when this is taking place, but um, it's pretty obvious he doesn't want the white people to see them getting married. He really could care less about the marriage, to be honest. However, he's in love with her. Um so and she's she's thinking all these things as the pastor is reading out these vows and what have you but she feels like um she's she's grateful because of her condition that he's willing to marry her with these three kids again well where's the fourth Why is the fourth with his dad? So when I first read the book, she gave him to his dad who was married. Um, And they have decided to raise the kid as their own. But then I read it a second time because there was some things going on in the story. Like she was saying how she was robed and she would have to be robed and veiled. And she didn't know how she felt about that because she already felt uncomfortable in the wedding dress that she had on. She can imagine how she would feel being robed and veiled all the time. And I was like, wow, what what African American or African religion requires the wife to be robed and veiled? I, I just, you know, I couldn't I just couldn't understand it. So um but she also is thinking about um, her having help with her kids now. She won't have to work. She can rest, like he said. Um she's worried because she doesn't know what she's going to do having all this time on her hands. Right. And that she said, that's one thing she really wanted him to kind of elaborate on because he told her she would have plenty of time. And she's like thinking, "What? Well, plenty of time for what? And she was like, I hope he doesn't think I'm going to be having all these babies. Right. I already have three, but she's grateful that he has loved her and he has loved her kids enough to marry her, right? She's in love with the fact that she won't have to struggle by herself with these three kids. She is in love with being married because now they are going to, you know, they're moving to be in a better place. Her kids will have a chance at a better life. Uh, they they won't have to, to struggle. Um, and then he mentions it again but she'll have to be veiled and robed. So then she thinks about what her grandmother would think or what, you know, her, you know, forefathers would think, you know, them being in the dirt, turning over. And so, because he's not Christian, that's what she says. He's not Christian. Um, she says the old ladies treat them as it treats him as if, He is their son that strayed away, but came back. And even though he wasn't the son he was when he left, he's still their son. And then she mentions again that he's not Christian. Um, And then, so I read the story. I got to the end. And I just wasn't, I just wasn't understanding some shit, right? So I went back, I read again, I read it a second time. When I read it the second time, I realized that she was talking about the fourth, her son, the fourth baby, how when she was pregnant with him at six months, the dad would cry all the time. Then she said he got real skinny. He had lost a lot of weight. She said that he would have night terrors. But, and then she said that he tried to commit suicide. She didn't say when he tried to commit suicide, but the fact that he tried to commit suicide. However, he was a student at Harvard. So, and he was very focused on language. I guess he was proper is what she was trying to say. But when I reread this I realized he was also married because how can he get married and come to his wife with a baby, a brand new baby and say, "Hey, I found this baby through our friends, you know, the baby looks like me. We could raise it as our own." He had to have he had to have been married when he was with Rose Lily. I didn't catch that the first time, but I did catch it the second time. So I just don't know how she could give him away. I mean, it just goes to show you that times must have been really, really hard on her to give her baby, little baby away to someone who was not very stable. And then he left Mississippi and took him up north she said for his family to raise him so it's not even that he's going up north for his dad to raise him he's going up north so his dad's family can raise him nevertheless she you know she's thinking in her head i hope that you know life isn't too different from how it is here in mississippi which, again, makes me think that maybe he wasn't, you know, being raised by black people. So, but yeah, I, I, you know, I'm just thinking when I was a time in my life, I was homeless and I knew I was going to be homeless and I had to send my sons to go live with their dad and they were like, and really, to be honest, they were at an age where they it was time for them to be with their dad because they were at an age where they they needed um, influence from a male figure. But at the same time, they've always been with me ninety percent of the time. I had to send my my babies away. It I was guilty as a mother girl. Okay. I was so just, it just ripped me in all sorts of pieces. Even though I still had them every weekend, it wasn't enough for me because I was used to having them. I'm used to saying, hey, it's time to go to sleep. You know, going in in the middle of the night, checking the house and making sure they were okay. I just didn't have that, right? And it just, I just could not, imagine having to send my baby, give my baby away. Um, She starts thinking about um, how it's going to be to be a whole totally different person. I'm about to move from Mississippi to Chicago, Illinois. Um, What is a better life going to look like? is it really gonna be a better life? You know, she admits she's not in love with him, but she's grateful that he is in love with her. And she says that he loves her. So, um, but then again, she says, you know, mentions he's not Christian. Um, And then she mentions again that she would have to be robed and veiled. she makes reference to her age. She says that her sisters are behind them giggling and laughing because they think the wedding is stupid too. And she's like, one of them should be marrying him because of my age. And then she says yoked. So, um, she's recognizing that there's an issue or there's going to be an issue between them because they have different religions, but she's so desperate to be, to not be in living the life that she was previously living, that she's willing to marry someone that is unequally yoked. Um, At the end of the book I mean she's I mean story she's so into the thoughts of all these things that she doesn't realize that the wedding is over it's time he's kissing her the wedding, wedding is over he kisses her she says it's passionate and rousing so maybe there's hope for her to fall in love with this man um and then she mentions her kids coming to cling to her And then he takes her hand, you know, he's not firm, it's not hard, it's not, he just has it like protectively. And then people start coming to congratulate them, but guess what? He steps in front of her and he receives the congratulations from everyone. And that's how the short story ends. So yeah. I went looking everywhere and I couldn't find, and I know Muslims are are uh, can be of different nationalities, can be of different races, you know? So I'm like, is that the religion? Because she mentions them going to a place of worship and them having to se- sit separately. So I'm not really familiar with how, I I do know that when, I have seen in some instances where when Muslims go to temple, um, the women are separate from the men. Um, And so I'm really, I'm feeling confident thinking that he is a Muslim, so. I hope this story didn't ruin anything if you're thinking about reading it. Because, I mean, I would love for someone else to read it and come back with their commentary and, and we could talk about it. I'm always up for it. Um, again, the book is called uh, it's called In Love and Trouble by Alice Walker. Um and that's it. I'll, I'll come and bring you guys another story because um, I plan on discussing them. I think they're going to be some you know, pretty interesting stories. The next one is as well. So tune in for our next, my next episode and I'll be discussing with you another short story I've read from the book. Um, hit me up on my social media platforms. Let me know if you are reading anything. What is it that you're reading? Oh, let me tell you, all somebody else wanted me to read a book with them, a guy. From Italy. And it is called The Winter of Our Discontent by John Steinbeck. And let me tell y'all, I, whew, I cannot, I can, for some reason, I cannot pick up this book and I'm on page three. Five. I'm on page five. There's like 50 million pages on the commentary of John Steinbeck and how this book really was about him, his life. Uh, But I just can't. I can't, you know, maybe someday. I don't know. I just can't. I can't do it. Um, But yeah, let me know what you're reading. I'm definitely interested. And uh, that's going to be it for this episode. Remember, If you are going to be swayed, be swayed by positivity. Hey everybody, once again, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Your listenership is greatly appreciated. Um, Don't forget you can follow me on all my other social media platforms for more self-care content at linktree slash Positivity. You can also reach me there if you're interested in the sway therapy as well. Again, I thank you for tuning in. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.